0: I I love the thought that, um, you know, that we would know his love so we would know his, so that we'd know his presence. And um, it's an amazing thing about God, our God, that in order, the Bible says this, that we might know the love of Christ to be filled with the fullness of God. Isn't that an amazing thing? So in other words, you know, when God had to think about how we could know his fullness uh, and experience the fullness of God, uh, it happens as we come to know him more, and so to know his love, actually. And so that's why such a great song to say, God, that we can experience more of your love because the more of it, the love of God we experience in our life, the more we're coming to know the God of love. It's amazing, really. And, and I, there was a time in my life where I found out how important imagination is. I don't know whether you've uh, thought about this, but do you know that you can only receive the love of God that you can imagine will come to you? If you can't imagine the love of god flooding your life and coming into your life, you can't receive the love that He wants to give. So we think of you know uh, John, the Apostle John, uh, at the table with the guys, and uh, he was there, and he was the one person leaning on on Jesus. He was like a grown man. He was like like he was an All Black, the the twelve guys, and here amongst this guys, there's one guy who just sort of leaned upon the chest of Jesus. Sort of quite, you know, sort of different. And he uh, thought, well, what would make a growing man want to lean on the, on, on the chest of Jesus? And you see, the thing is that John saw Jesus different to everybody else. He saw Jesus as the creator, as God Almighty, as, the, as, the, as God in the flesh. He saw, and because he saw Jesus different to how everybody else saw him amongst the 11, he acted differently. And we act, we act really according to the way we see God. But he imagined God to be loving. He imagined Jesus to be creator. He imagined, he saw Jesus as he was, actually. He saw him how he really was. And so he acted in a way different to everybody else. He was able to, and the Bible says, Jesus, the disciple that Jesus loved. Now, it wasn't that Jesus loved John more than anybody else in the group. It's just that John was able to receive the most love. He was the one that Jesus could love. And the reason he could Receive more of Jesus' love is because he saw Jesus different than everybody else. So it's really important that we just, you know, imagine his love. Imagine him loving. Imagine him coming to us. Imagine him uh, walking with us, putting his arm around us. It's really important how we, because, we can't, because you can't receive from God what you can't imagine. You can imagine to three, he'll do ten. He can do above what we imagine, but if we can't imagine his love, and some of us have a block sometimes in, in thinking about how God loves us and how he wants to embrace us and how he wants to walk with us and we need to change our imagination. I went through a, a couple of years ago where I sort of didn't feel the love of God, I didn't feel favoured and I says, God, what's happening here? And I felt the Lord was saying to me, well, there's nothing wrong with my love, it just keeps flowing, but you don't imagine it, you're not imagining the truth. So I went away one day and I says, all right, Lord, I'm going to just stand here, I was at the bus stop and I said, I'm just going to stand here and I'm going to imagine you're favouring me. And so I, as I was waiting for the bus, I saw Jesus on the other side of the street and he waved to me and he, I imagined him coming over and he stood with me and gave me a hug and then we went for a walk, jumped on the bus together. And I had this great sort of thing in my imagination. You say, Jim, that's imagination, that's not true. No, actually it was all true. I just wasn't imagining the truth. The Bible says I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm always with you. So I, was, I began to imagine the truth. And as I imagined the truth, my whole my day changed and it changed. It got me sort of through that time and I began to realize that really important that we just take, you know, let our imagination be renewed, to imagine the truth. We're not imagining something that's not true. If God wants to be with you, he's with you. I mean, nothing's stopping him. He says, I'm the Lord, I do what I like. So if he says, I want to be with you, he's with you. Just got to imagine that. And uh, so, anyway, I just love the idea of of, um, the whole idea of the more we can uh, embrace his love, imagine his love, which is the truth the more we come to, to know him, because that's who God is. Anyway, is that all right? I was, just, uh, I was just thinking. I just love that. I want to talk about today something. I was in a church service uh, oh, a, a while back now, and as I was there worshiping, uh, you know, with the crowd, I wasn't preaching, uh, I, um, I just had this picture of Jesus coming with a, with a garment uh, to me and putting this, this, this garment on me. And I, I didn't really know what it was. I was said, well, what is this? I'm not... Is this a prophecy? I don't know what this is. I don't know. But I went home and I, and I thought, I'm gonna, I better look into what garments are about and why he would be putting this uh, garment on me. And I want us to uh, look at this this morning. Um, it has a little bit to do, trying to, to reach out and exercise uh, you know, our um, position as sons and daughters. So I want to read to you from Acts 12, verse 7. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. And a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on his side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself, tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said, Put on your garment and follow me. I would preach this message this morning called Put on Your Garment. So, Father, we're really praying as we share about it, as we talk about it that you, Lord, will in, indeed be able to uh, release upon us understanding about how we do this, why we do this, and we pray, Holy Spirit, you would clothe us afresh at the end, Lord, and even as we're preaching, Father, with this uh, a mantle, a, a sense of your, your garment for a purpose and for a reason, and Father, that you would have your way today as we share. In Jesus' name. So anyway, here's the Apostle Peter. He, he's Peter, the Apostle Peter, right? And so he uh, is in prison. He is uh, tied. He's bound. He's uh, he's uh, he's locked away from the world. Outside the world is passing by: young people, old people, children, people, uh, you know, cri- crippled people, people that are in trouble, people that are in need, people that are in desperate straits. But inside the prison, the person who could help them in the name of Jesus is the Apostle Peter. He's locked away. he's he's not free to help. He's, uh, he's unable to really cast out devils or preach to them, but he was powerless as he lay there in the prison. And I really believe today that, that for all of us, uh, God is going to speak to us and just really challenge us to put on our sandals and put on our garment and follow him. Now, the angel when the angel said, put on your garment, he was talking about Peter's outer garment. Now, I think I've got a picture here of outer uh, garments. There you go. So in those days, they used to wear an uh, inner garment, which was just like a linen sheet thing. Uh, and of course, that was almost, that was considered like naked. If you just went out with just your linen sheet on, uh, people, people think, oh, he hasn't got dressed. And so and so uh, they had these outer garments on and they would be of various sort of colours and descriptions and that sort of thing, depending on what your job was. They would have, uh, you know, sort of different, different robes. Fishermen and farmers wear something different to a bank manager or whatever. But anyway, so obviously the outer garment was, was more expensive. It was more symbolic about what the person did. And, uh, you know, you would normally not go out in public without your outer garment on. Uh, just your inner garment. So when Peter was fishing, he took off his garments. Remember, the Bible says he leaped into the water, uh, and the Bible says, and, and the Bible says uh, you know, that he, uh, you know, that he, uh, that he, that he put on his garment or didn't put on his garment. I forgot what it was. Now he leaped into the water. So obviously they t- took their garments off to do, um, you know, fishing and working, and also a servants. They would take their garments off. As Jesus took off His uh, side His garments, laid aside his, his garments, and washed the, the disciples' feet. So, taking the form of a servant, because a servant doesn't wear fancy robes, uh, whereas uh, you know royalty sort of would. So, in the Bible, I, so I started looking at this and I thought, oh, gee, this is amazing. Um, garments seem to have a different, a definite meaning, a different importance. Uh, in the Bible, and even today, garments do. Like on Capping Day, you go downtown, you see people in their uni- you know their their black robes, and they've got the gold thing for the, I don't know what it is, arts or whatever, and purple for engineering. I mean, I don't know what they are, but different. And you can look at a nurse, you can look at a fireman, you can look at a policeman, and you can sort of tell what they do, and even what rank they are if they're from the army, uh, just by what they're wearing. Their uniform. So, uniform is sort of importance now. It was certainly even important. In those days, so in those days, the Bible garments that people wore spoke of about three things that I could see. The first thing was this a garment revealed your right of access into the presence of the king. In other words, if you had the right garment, you could draw near to royalty. If you had the right garment, you could draw near to the king of kings in the holy place as a priest. If you had the right garment, like uh, like Esther who was clothed now with royal garments she could come and she could come into the king's presence the bible says in Esther 5:2 she changed into her royal garments before she entered the king's presence pharaoh When he was let out of prison, he was given the royal robes. He was given the royal uh, uh, robes so he could have access to the king at any time, and he could come and be part of the the royal court. The second thing that the garments uh, reveal in the Bible is the condition of people's hearts, their souls, their likeness to God. In other words, the people of Nineveh, when they wanted to show repentance and they wanted to show that they were sorry before God and their heart was sort of turning towards God, they put on their sackcloth and their ashes— and so it showed, uh, you know, sort of, their, their, state of uh, their state of heart. Sometimes it was a sign of the way people felt with, their, with, with sadness. And Job, he, took, he tore his robe, he shaved his head, and he fell to the ground. Joshua in Zechariah 3.3 3 was clothed with filthy garments. But when the angel came to him, and he said, take away the filthy garments. Let's put on the good garments. And so it showed that he said, now you are righteous. And so putting on a new garment, changing from being sinful and iniquity... And a new garment showed that he was now righteous. So in other words, garments sort of tend to show uh, a person's character, their their state before God, their likeness to God. The third thing that garments in the Bible, uh, to talk to me about anyway, was that uh, it identifies authority and rank. So Pharaoh said said, look, I've set you over the land of Egypt. So Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand, put, on it, uh, put it on Joseph's hand, and clothed him in garments of fine linen, and put a gold chain around his neck. And he said, I'm Pharaoh. Without your consent, no man shall lift a hand in all the land of Egypt. In other words, you have now authority because I've put on you a new garment, a garment of a royal robe. I'm giving you authority to act in my stead, authority to act in my name in, this, in, in, in the land. And of course, Esther 8 when Mordecai, was given new garments by the king. Uh, he was given the king's, uh, you know, robes and, and uh, ring and whatever. And wherever, everywhere Mordecai did or whatever he said happened because now he had authority from the king. I think you, I think you get the idea. <clears throat> so oftentimes the king's garments were very elaborate, very amazing. You've probably seen pictures of King Henry VIII. You know, he's had so many bearskins and so many things on us, you know, his, his shoulders wide because uh, like the more robes you have and the more you know sort of garments you have on the greater dignity and the greater status you have so if you wanted to be a humble servant you take them all off and you're just in your in your your sort of linen cloth but if you got you know kingly status you'd have all sorts of uh, all sorts of garments jesus took him off uh when he uh, acted as a servant okay so now, in the New Testament, obviously, we don't, well, we don't go around looking for our best robes to put on in church. We shouldn't necessarily try and find the worst ones we can. But anyway, God doesn't care whether you come in a singlet or a suit. He, he's, that's not the spiritual garments that God is looking for these days. But he's looking for spiritual garments. So in those days, they were natural garments. Now he's looking for spiritual garments. And the beautiful thing about it is, as you know, Jesus has provided the spiritual garments we need to be able to access are uh, the courts of heaven. We have to have the spiritual garments that are fit for heaven. Once we had, uh, you were clothed with glory, but once Adam and Eve sinned, like all of us, now we, have, we don't have the right garments to be able to approach the holy God. And so God covered uh, you know, Adam and Eve with the, with, the, with, the, uh, with the skins of an animal, with innocent blood was shed, and so their sins were covered. And so now they could walk together again because they had at least some sort of garment that had been purchased by blood. Uh, so Adam and Eve could walk again with god and so we know that we're speaking about jesus so everybody that has received christ as savior has been born again now as the spiritual garments that god has provided it's called the garment of righteousness it's called different things in the bible but one of the ones we'll go with is the robe of righteousness he's taken away our sins placed them on christ and because of this great exchange that god was made sin for us jesus was made sin for us that we could become the righteousness of god in him and so we have been given the righteousness of Jesus, the garments which we require to be able to access, access God. So Paul puts it this way, and we can turn to this, uh, this verse here. He says this, Galatians 3, "For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ." Now, sort of like a garment, isn't it? Like we put on a garment. Uh, it says in Colossians 3, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who's renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. He says we have put on Christ, put on Christ. And that applies, you know, to me, that was 40 years ago, uh, to you, it might have only been five years ago, five, uh, five months ago. I hope you're not too horrified at my shirt, my wife says it's modern. we bit of convincing to wear it, anyway. <clears throat> so, in the past, in the past, of course, you know, we, we were born again. We we put on Christ. So the word means enduo, which means to be clothed. It's the sense of sinking into a garment, to invest with clothing. There's a Latin word which, uh, which, 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 from which we get the word investiture or vestus, and it's the formal installation or a ceremony in which a person is given the authority and regalia of a high office. It's the same word. You have been endued with Christ. You have been invested with a, with a, with a, with a garment, with regalia to describe authority and regalia of a high office. So you have been given the garments. We were endued when we we're endued with the of, robes of righteousness, and we're putting on Christ. We're putting on his authority his nature his likeness the spirit of christ we're putting on uh you know the garments of high office in his stead from him we're putting on christ it's not ours it's his but we're putting them on so we have this garment which gives us access now to the throne of god we have this uh, garment which gives us the likeness of jesus christ when god looks at us and he sees us righteous Uh, And we're able to put on God's kindness, his love, his mercy. And we also have, uh, as we put on this garment, the the authority of Jesus Christ in his name. In my name, you cast out devils, heal the sick, etc. So, access, likeness, and authority. These are the three things that the garment of Jesus Christ, putting on Christ, being endued with power, being endued with Christ, gets puts upon us. But not only that, the same word, as you know, was used in Luke 24. Wait in in Jerusalem. You'll be witness of these things. I'm going to send the promise of my Father upon you. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So we're actually endued, clothed with these two things. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of Christ. We're endued with Jesus. We're we're putting on Christ. And also, we got baptized in the Holy Spirit. We are put on The power of the Holy Ghost. So we have authority and power. We have authority from Christ to act in his name and the power to make it happen. All in the name of Jesus. We are in Jews. So look at your neighbor and you'll see that you can't see their spiritual garments, but they are spiritual royalty. They are a royal priesthood. They have on them the garments and authority to be able to act in Jesus' name, to move in Jesus' name, to be able to speak in his name and to carry and demonstrate his nature, his kindness, his goodness, everywhere they go, and also to instantly be able to access the throne of heaven, access the presence of God, to be able to come boldly before the throne of grace because we're wearing the royal robes which are acceptable uh, in his sight. That's us. But sadly, somewhere along the line, Peter and us can end up in a prison where we seem to have taken our garment off And we seem to be like lying in some sort of chains, some sort of, uh, some sort of, uh, sort of uh, difficulty where there are people outside the window, and there's people walking past us on the street and in our office and in the gym and wherever else we go. They seem to be walking past with all of their problems and we are on the inside, somehow unable to help them. Somehow we're still bound. Somehow we've taken off our garments. Somehow the authority, the likeness and the access to God Almighty doesn't seem to be operating quite as it could or should in our life because we are now in some sort of prison. And I just believe today that I've been challenged and I just think today that Jesus and the Holy Ghost, and the angels maybe even, uh, are coming to us and waking us and saying, put on your garment and follow me into the world. Because here's the thing, until you have put on your outer garment, we aren't really ready to face the world. We aren't really, to, we aren't really uh, ready or able to be able to meet the needs of people because until we put on the outer garment of Jesus Christ, until we actually put on the outer garment Uh, which I'll explain in a minute, we aren't ready for the world. We are sort of powerless to the world, powerless to help, too scared to touch them, too scared to reach out, too scared to pray for them, too scared to try and heal the sick or cast out a devil because we don't really feel like we're wearing the outer garment that we need in our life. And so it says, wake up, and will you put on your outer garment and follow me? You say, well, what's the the outer garment? I mean, I, I thought we had that. I thought Jesus gave us that. The outer garment, just in a nutshell, the outer garment for us is intentionally, daily putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to intentionally put it on. Because it's one thing to be given a garment five years ago and let it hang in the... Ca- I pulled out an old suit last night. Now, this morning, I says, what do you think of this? And she says, terrible. And so, okay, but well, here's the thing. You can, have a, you can have a garment, and it can be sitting in your cupboard for five years, and you might never put it on for five years. And so the garment actually doesn't mean, uh, you know, it doesn't help you during the day at all because you haven't put it on. It's just back in the suit cupboard, you know, what I'm saying. And so to, to put on your outer garment, what, what the angel is saying to Peter is, Peter, for goodness sake, will you put on the garments that have been given to you? Put on the outer garments and follow me into the world. And that's what makes sense of Romans 13, which I couldn't get for a while. And Paul says this, Romans 13:14, but... Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh, Ephesians 4, that you put on the new man. So this is, we, the, Paul, I thought you said we'd already put on Christ when we were baptized. In the past, we put on Christ. We did. But now Paul is telling us in the presence tense to put on Christ, that you put on Christ, which was created according to God and true righteousness and holiness. Colossians, therefore, is the mercies, kindness, humility, and meekness. And this is present tense. This is not something that we could do five years ago. He's asking us to do it today. And the reason is that it's one thing to have been given the righteous robes of Jesus five years ago at the altar call, 10 years ago when we come to Christ, a week ago when we actually uh, realized that we had these garments on and we're going to move out in the world and begin to use them. But it's another thing For us to put them on every day, put on Christ, and make no provision for the flesh, and put on Christ, uh, which was created according to God. So we might have clothes at home, but we have to put them on every day. Put them on intentionally. Put them on. I just really believe this. I challenge myself. Uh, I just really believe that the Lord's stirring his saints. To say, "Will will you put your outer garment on every day? And follow me into the world. Will you put your sandals on? Will you put your garment on? Will you intentionally get up out of bed and begin to put on the garments that I have given them to you? It's like the Lord is waking us up and saying, "You know, <clears throat> will you will you, pull your, will you put on the garment of access? Think about the access I've given you." I was I had a vision once, uh, not a p- picture, uh, you know, of the Lord, and he was uh, you know he was he was bloodied and broken and bruised and and, and smashed the Easter picture, you know, on the cross, dying for us, and I felt the Lord saying, you know, it cost a lot to give you the garments I gave you, wow. and I thought about the guys at the foot of the cross, and the guys that put him to death, the guys that hung him on the cross were the ones that divided the garments and went away with them, and so the, the, the very people that put Jesus to death went away benefiting from his garments, and I thought, and the Lord just sort of dropped out of my spirit, and I thought, dear Lord, I says, you know, it cost you a lot we hung you on the cross but what you provided out of it was garments that we could wear and so i felt like this the lord is saying will you so first of all will you put on your garment would you use it would you come into my presence I gave you garments. It cost me a lot to provide garments that you could come into my courts, that you could come before the throne of God, that you could come and visit with me, that you could worship me and adore me and love me and I could speak with you. Would you come? Would you put on the garments every day? Would you not just going to leave them in the cupboard there and walk out to the bus without coming before the presence of God? Could you put on your garments and come before my presence and meet with me? I've made a way. I've made a way for you to come as royal children, to come around my throne, to sit with me on a throne and hear my voice. and, And so I I've been I've been challenged to to do this uh, more and more, and one day, and you say, well, why, why, you know, what's the big deal? Because here's the thing: I just don't think until we've done that, we're ready to meet the world. The people can tell when you've been with Jesus. We're not ready to touch the world until we've touched the throne. Amen. First to the throne, then to the throng. The Bible says. And one day I was sitting there, and it hasn't. It's only happened once, but it's what it's done is it's painted a picture of possibilities in my mind. One day I was there worshiping the Lord, that sort of thing, and I. And, I, and, I, and then I had to go downtown, so I got in the car, and as I was driving downtown, it just flashed into my mind a picture of an old guy in a black bomber jacket, shuffling feet, and I thought, oh, Lord, ah, so is that you? And so, uh, anyway, I went downtown, went through the mall, never found the guy, I had to go to the post office, I was posting something, and there in the post office, there was this old guy in a black bomber jacket with shuffling feet, and he collapses on the ground, and uh, anyway, the guy came running over, and he was trying to fix, fix him up, and and uh, I, so I went over there to pray for him. And the guy said to me, he said, are you a, are you a, a medical officer too <laughs> something? And I said, no, no, I'm a Christian. I'm just praying for him. And so, uh, you know, so, uh, so we prayed for him. And I was thinking, okay, so I reckon that's the way Jesus got his pictures every day. I reckon that's the way he got his instructions every day, who he was going to pray for, who he was going to heal, where he's going to go, what he's going to do. And I was thinking, well, imagine you wouldn't hear that if you didn't come before his throne. You wouldn't hear that if we don't come before the king and say, my God, what's happening today, you know? Show me what, sh- let me do your works. Let me see what you're seeing. Let me do and say what you're saying. <clears throat> and so it's, it, it's only, and, and, and to be honest, it's only happened once as far as downtown is concerned. Uh, you know, not so much words of knowledge in the, in the church or whatever, but God wants us th- to work in the world. And so it opened my eyes just a little bit and it's wet my appetite and I'm thinking, you know what, I think this is the way God wants us to be. So we need to come before the throne, access his throne, listen to our father and uh, put on that garment of access. The other thing we need to put on is every day intentionally is to put on, uh, you know, uh, this 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 garment of the likeness of Christ. Put on mercy. The Bible says, uh, you know, it says in Colossians it says, put on, put on mercies, put on, uh, put on. What's it say? It says, it says meekness, mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, uh, bearing with another in, uh, in Christ. In other words, put on, put on Christ's tender character. You know, and we should and we should be able to we should be able to come and and, and every day we should say, My God, here I come, I access your throne, I thank you. I put on the kindness of Jesus, I put on the mercy of Jesus, I put on the forgiveness of Jesus. You know, it's easy to live with Jesus, you know that? It's not as easy to live with your wife, is it? Not as easy to live with your husband. And so we've got to say, my God. I mean, you know, you don't say, Oh God, give me grace because I'm coming to meet with Jesus. We don't need that. But we do need it with people. And so if we're going to put on Jesus, if we're going to represent Jesus to the world, we're going to have to put on forgiveness. We're going to have to put on kindness. We've got to have more than ourselves, right? We've got to have more than just what we can offer the world. One day I was on my way to the gym, and I like going to the gym because I get to pray for the sick. And it's the only sinners I see half the time during the week. And, uh, and I've, I was try- I've been trying to pray for the sick and all that sort of stuff down there. So I was, I was praying as I was going. And I drove past these ladies who were broken down on the side of the road in a car park, and I, and I didn't really think about it. And I, I drove past, and I was going up the street on the way to the gym, <clears throat> and I felt the Lord say, yeah, that was very good. So yeah, here you are trying to represent me and the whole world, and you've driven past people that are broken down on the side of the road all because you're going to go and pray for somebody. And so I thought, oh, yeah, you're right. <clears throat> and so I turned around and went back and helped them with their, with their thing. And, uh, but he goes, here's the thing. To, re- to reveal his glory is not just revealed by praying for people and miracles, and that might be good, but actually, to reveal his glory requires we reveal his kindness, his goodness, his long suffering, his mercy. In fact, when Moses says, God, show me your glory, God didn't come along and says, Behold, my miracles, my glory, you know, my amazing wonders. He says, No, he said, I proclaim to you mercy, kindness, long suffering, and forbearance. That's the nature of Jesus. Amen. And so, God says, you know what, if we're going to go out into the world and actually reveal myself, get your garment on. Let's go back out into the world. Are you ready to go into the world? We'll put your garment on of kindness, your garment on of mercy, your garment on of long-suffering, and follow me into the world and reveal my glory. Not just with miracles, that's a wonderful thing, but just maybe with some of my mercy. And funny, because I went to the gym, I looked up, so I was challenged by this a while back, and I looked it up. Mercy means compassion for the ills of others. Compassion for the ills of others. And it was really strange because I hadn't really thought about it. you say, oh, yeah, well, God give us mercy. But what does that mean? It means compassion for the ills of others. And I was sitting in the gym there at one of the machines, and I was saying, Lord, you know, okay, I'm putting on mercy. I'm putting on mercy. I'm putting on compassion for the ills of others. And as you look around, you sort of see people differently when you've put on compassion for the ills of others. Compassion for the ills of others. I looked around, I could see lots of people in trouble. I could see lots of people who need help. I could see lots of people who look like they're sad, and not only sick, but struggling in life. And so it's just a good thing. So, Jesus is saying, you know, if you're ready to go out in the world, man, you need to, you've got to put on your, your garment of likeness, put on mercies, put on kindness. The other thing, of course, is, got Jesus saying to us, to me anyway, put on your garment of authority. You know, put on, put on <coughs> the Spirit of God, put on the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the sick, to cast out devils, and, and heal the broken heart and that sort of thing. And, and uh, so so this is the this is the spirit, this is the garment, this is the clothing that God has put upon the church. Right? We are that we are God anoints us to be able to represent Him in the world. And so, but we have to put it on. Otherwise, it's like. You know, it was, it, was, it was just something that happened a few years ago, and I've sort of got Jesus on me. But I think I've come to see this, that we have to intentionally put it on if we want to be ready to go into the world. I just uh, It's just one of the things, uh, you know. And so. <clears throat> we need to do that every day. And like you, you know, get your best songs. This is, just, this is just a pep talk. I mean, you probably knew this anyway. But to me, I found this, that, you know, quiet times, you guys are working, right? And so you haven't got a lot of time to just go through froth and bubble. So what you do, and what I did, is I, I just wheedled out all my songs to throne room songs. And just songs that directly took me into the presence of God. Uh, all the ones that actually made me weep, all the ones that made me bow, all the ones that made me cry, you know, whatever. One ones that get on my knees. Just as we sing it, the presence of God. If the presence of God turns up, your body reacts, right? You fall, you, you weep, you cry, you do something. You bow, you're just staggered. So I, I just found all those songs, and I made a song list of just those ones. So none of my, you know, uh, it, my, none of my um, time is away. So anyway, I'd go before the Lord, and I'd worship Him, and encounter Him, that sort of thing. And, and just put on Christ, just put on authority, and, and, and uh, sit, sit in heavenly places in the throne room with Him, and, and, and see the world as it should be or could be in Jesus' name. Anyway, whatever, do that, do that sort of thing. So you're putting on your authority, and then you're ready to go into the world. You're ready. If, you're not, if we haven't done this, if we haven't been to His throne and feel like we're endued with power, endued with the Holy Ghost, and endued with life, you know, you just you just wonder whether you're quite ready to to go into the world because, and sometimes you aren't. You know, I walk past people that are sick because I just don't feel like I'm ready. I just don't feel like I'm full of the Holy Ghost and I've been, you know, with Jesus or whatever. And so we sort of just uh, we sort of just need to to do that. The Bible says we have authority to heal the brokenhearted. And open the eyes of the blind. One day we had the, we had a, a young guy come to our church. He was suicidal. He was on drugs. He was, he was depressed. He was a, he was madman. He was he was uh, one of the boys brought him along to church. Anyway, amazingly, he got saved in a meeting. Was instantly delivered from drugs, from craziness, and uh, and everything else. He went back to his family, who were Hindus, and uh, said, uh, uh, "Oh, Jesus has saved my life." And of course, well, now nah, we're Hindus. We don't do that sort of thing. And so, anyway. They were a bit upset, but they couldn't deny the fact that he was instantly transformed. A miracle happened in his life. He wasn't on drugs. He wasn't drinking. He wasn't alcoholic. He wasn't suicidal. He was just changed, instantly changed. Anyway, so the parents came along the church a couple of weeks later, and uh, I was talking to the mother at the back, and she said, oh, she said, I I don't know what to think. I mean, such a change in his life. Uh, But hey, you know, I mean, we don't know anything about Jesus. We're Hindus. I says, well, listen. Why don't I pray for you? God will reveal Himself to you. And so she said, "Oh, all right." And so I prayed for pray for her, whatever. And I said, "You know, the Bible says that uh, you know that that uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to open the eyes of the blind." Right? Now, it could be natural. I haven't had too much success with that yet. Uh, but uh, certainly, they open the eyes of uh, of their of their, of, their, of, their, of their life spiritually. And so I prayed this would happen. Well, two weeks later, she got saved, wow. and her father, wow. and her mother. <laughs> And uh, she came along to church, we went over to her house, and she said, uh, and here's the amazing thing, the Bible says that we have authority, right, cast out devils, we went over there, and for, for many years, 10 years, most of the life she could remember, every night, serpents, demons would come to her house, come to her bedroom, and, and bite her, and, and attack her, and she'd have these things on her, on her things, and she just couldn't get rid of it. Anyway, we went through, got out all the idols, burnt them all in the corner, uh, and uh, they all gave their lives to Christ. From that moment on, of course, there was no more demons coming, no more snakes, no more serpents, no more things biting. <laughs> she was totally free. And, uh, but, well, she more or less delivered herself. But the Bible does say, you know, that you can, that, uh, you know, that you can, um, you know, set caps free and that sort of stuff. Well, we can all do that. That's just the Holy Ghost, right? I mean, there's no, there's no authority, you know, spiritual authority doesn't come, or kingdom authority, it doesn't come because you're the pastor, it comes because you're a Christian. This is what he wants us all to do. And we should be looking for people that have got devils in their house. Look for people at at work that are totally depressed or scared because some weird things are happening. And turn up there in the name of Jesus. Put on Jesus. Put on your authority. Say, I'm going in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray for the family. I'm going to say, I'm going to help them through their fear and their intimidation and their devils or whatever. And make a difference, right? But we just have to, like, uh, I just think put on. Put on that garment. You've got to put it on. Otherwise, we won't be ready. Because my wife and I have gone past people that, that need help. But sometimes you're just sort of, you're foot of, you know, you're sort of feeling half backslidden, you know, and you're not really ready to, you know. But we don't need to be like that, right? The world is waiting. There are people waiting for us to step out of the road. There are people for us waiting for us to do something dangerous. There's people waiting for us to take a risk to, to cross the room and to say, can I pray for you? There's, there's people uh, who, who, who could be delivered and saved this week if we would put on our garment and cross and cross the room, you know. I just think uh, I must uh, uh, come to an eventual close. And so, <coughs> so here's the thing. I mean, the devil. There's this neat there's this neat verse in Colossians which says that that Jesus made a show of him openly, spoiling spoiling uh, spoiling spoiling him of his authority. And the word is duomai, which literally means to strip the insignia off a uniform. In other words, the devil thought he was like a k- captain or a king or whatever he thought he was. I don't know what he thought he was. But he had all these uh, insignia of royalty and pomp and ceremony on, on his life. Uh, the Bible tells us he looked pretty amazing around the throne. Uh, but the thing is that when, he, when Jesus spoiled him, he stripped him of all his uh, insignia, all of his, um, you know, all of his uh, status, all of his um, authority, until he was just like in his little communist green suit. A little, bit like, uh, a little bit like Gollum, you know? Just sitting there without any clothes at all. So that's, the, so, that's, so that's the devil. But here's the thing. There is one way that the enemy can still get us. There's one way the enemy still has power over us. There's, there's still one way the enemy, even though he's been robbed of his authority and destroyed, he has no garments to wear. There is one way. And that's if we refuse to put on our garments. There's a story in 2 Kings where the king of Israel comes to the king of Judah and says, would you go out to battle with me? And he says, oh, I don't know, but in the end he convinced him. He convinced the, the, the king of Judah to go to battle with him. It's quite a, uh, quite a cool, cool story. I'll get the reference for you so you can, so you can look it up. It says, um, <clears throat> it <says>, uh, <clears> 1 <throat> Kings 22, 29. So the king of Israel disguised himself to look like no king. So Silly. The, 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 king, the king of Judah was a bit silly. He says, let's go to war. Okay, we'll go to war. So then the king of Israel says, look, i tell you what. You go in looking like a king. I will go in disguise so I don't look like a king. And they were going to go to battle. And, of course, the enemy was obviously going to want to shoot the king. But uh, the king of Judah says, oh, okay. So he goes and he dresses up as the king. But the king of Israel takes off his royal garments and, uh, and so, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't be attacked or chased by the enemy. The Bible says, but as the enemy was chasing, he cried out, and uh, the, king, the king realized uh, the king of Israel didn't have on his royal garment. He stopped chasing the one that did. He stopped chasing the king of Judah, who had his royal garments on, the garments of the king. And the Bible says that some guy, at a random sort of thing, pulled the, pulled the bow, shot off the arrow... And I went like this, and got the king who never dressed as a king. He refused to put on his royal garments. He was trying to pretend uh, not to be a king. But the enemy found him out because he wasn't dressed as the king they are. You know, I just think we have to dress as the kings and the, the priests and the daughters and the sons of God under Christ that we are because if we don't dress like a king if we don't get up in the morning and say right today Lord I'm putting on my authority in the name of Jesus I'm putting on your nature in the name of Jesus I'm putting access I'm coming to your throne Lord to sit with you and hear with you and love you and worship you here I come Lord and if we don't put this on every day the enemy will know that we haven't got our garments on oh you know yes we've got some garment that we put on five years ago and we, we know we're you know right with God but I don't think we are ready to face the battle. I don't think we're ready to face his temptations, his onslaughts, his attacks, his intimidation, his fear. I don't think we're ready to face the giants. I don't think we'll be ready to face the conditions of the people that we meet outside the prison. So the, enemy, so the angel comes and knocks on us and says, you know, will you, put, will you put on your royal garments? Because here's the thing. We don't impress anybody until we've got our royal garments on. Not the I'll show you this picture of my cousin. I might be backwards. I'm not sure whether i went in front. Yeah, yeah. So this is my cousin's husband. He's quite famous. He's the only famous person in our whole family. Anyway, so so, so Michael General Rose, he was uh, Captain of the Coldstream Guards, and then he was in charge of the Falklands War, and then he was in charge of the UN and Bosnia and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, so you made him a king, and I uh, made him a sir, and made him a general, and he always was a general. Anyway, so now, and then he was the king's, she was the queen's, uh aide-de-camp which means the one who rode the horse behind the royal carriage on official things to protect you and all that sort of stuff so a a big a big wig um married a girl from our remu so there you go Uh, anyway um but here's the thing so i met him uh before COVID in devonport and uh because he usually lives in england and, but he was over here for some reason, doing some yachting or something. And you know, as they do, and so, um, and so anyway, he was here, and we went down to the cafe with my, uh, my sister to meet uh, the cousin, and you couldn't pick him out. I mean, you know, you wouldn't know you wouldn't know that who he was. He just looked like some ordinary sort of mousy guy there in amongst the crowd, um, uh, because he wasn't wearing his uniform, right? We just look ordinary. Unless we put our uniform on. Unless we put our royal garments on. Unless we go out of the house. When you, when you go out of the house with your royal garments on, with your garments of authority, garments of likeness, garments of access, you've come from the king, you've come from the king, I tell you what, devils will jump into the letterbox, into the rubbish bin, and they see you coming, because what do they see? They see Jesus, put on Christ, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to do. To make a difference in the world because the world trots by with all of their troubles and all their difficulties and all their indifferences and all their hass- hassles at work and, and at school and everywhere else and they're just waiting for somebody who will stand up in their authority who'll stand up in the garments of jesus who'll just stand up and put on christ every day and say how can i release jesus into the world how can i release jesus into the world lay hands on some people get the, these are the weapons of our warfare right teach my hands to fight to my fingers to war David says, and the only weapons we've got are our hands. In the name of Jesus, lay hands on the that cast out devils. You know the Bible says this: that we have a su- we're sufficient for the ministry of the Spirit. He says he has made us sufficient ministers of the Spirit, not of the letter. So you might think you're not quite sufficient in the Word of God. You know, not quite sufficient in teaching, and not quite sufficient in all the stuff that you've got to try and explain to people. It doesn't matter. You're sufficient in the Spirit. Could lay hands on that depressed person and break that power of the devil off its life why not because you're sufficient we're sufficient in the name of Jesus anyway we must we must uh, we must come to we must come to a close <clears throat> i believe that we can have a new season anytime we want to have a new season in god have you noticed in the bible that god gave new garments For every season. So, Eliezer, he was clothed in the priestly garments before he began his ministry. Jonathan came to David, gave him all his prince's garments before David became king. Elisha, 2 Kings. He receives the mantle of Elijah, and then he begins his new season of ministry, And only when he went down and picked up the mantle, well, only when he went down and picked up the garment, only when he went down and said, my God, today, i put on the authority, i put on the garment, I'll wear the prophet's mantle, I'll put it on today, did miracles begin to happen in his life. Because God provides a garment, not for our past, but for our future. He's providing a garment for the ministry He wants us to go into. He's providing a garment and has provided a garment to make a difference in your street and a difference in your house if we will put the garments on, as I believe this, that we can create a new season if we will wear the garment that He provides. Think about that. We could have a new garment as a church. I mean, we could have a new season as a church. I believe you're in a new season. You're beginning a new season. You're into it. But everybody that put on a new garment in the Bible went into a new season. We're not ready to see a new season happen until we'll put on the garment. But I can guarantee this, that if we will all put on the garment every day, if we'll put on the mantle of Jesus every day, if we'll put on the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll come before the, threat, the King of Kings and access His presence and love Him, and then we'll put on Jesus and say, I'll be kind today, I'll be loving today. i die to myself, i take up the cross, I'll be a blessing to people. i put aside my agenda to help people. I'm going to be like Jesus today. And Lord, I'm going to put on the authority of Jesus Christ in my life today and I will set people free and I'll speak against the devils in in my office and I will put on authority. If we will will take up the garments, if we will put on the garment, we will see a new season. You'll see a new season in your household, a new season in your office, a new season in your school, a new season in your street because now you're wearing a garment that God has given to you to wear. You follow me into the world. Follow me out now into the put on your garment. Put on your sandals, put on your garment, and follow me into the world. Anybody say amen?